so I remember hearing some rumors about the animatronic dragon used during the Fantasmic show at Disneyland. basic storyline of the show is Mickey Mouse going into a dream world and seeing all these other Disney characters come alive and some of them are evil and some of them are good and beautiful but there's the ultimate big bad Murphy the dragon and he's out to get Mickey I won't spoil the rest of it for you but let's just say it has a good ending anyways Murphy the dragon is an animatronic that's like a robot that's animated. So it breathes fire, it moves around, it makes sounds. Anyways, um, he, he's been known to have some problems. Problems like breaking down or suddenly stopping in the middle of a show or not even showing up when it's time for him to go on stage. And so he earned that nickname, Murphy, because he had so many problems and issues. Um, if you don't know what Murphy's Law is, essentially it says that anything that can go wrong will go wrong. For example, if you've just spread some delicious peanut butter on a slice of toast, but oh whoops, accidentally dropped it, Murphy's Law predicts that the toast will land magnificently with the peanut butter side down on the ground. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine. This is the very first episode of Convos at the Counter, a sensational storytelling show where we bring on ordinary people to share their stories with you. My name is Angela Gao, and I'll be your host for the next half hour. Today's episode, Murphy's Law, stories where things just seem to sort of go extraordinarily wrong. Our first guest takes us to Durham, North Carolina, where we'll follow her on a misadventure that so often befalls a college student. Enjoy. My name's Sabrina, and I'm a currently unemployed software engineer looking for a job, living at home. All right. Uh, I went to Duke University for school, and uh, as a freshman, everyone is on the freshman campus, and there's a, a tradition, I guess, called tunneling that was not exactly legal, or I don't know. You would get in trouble if you got caught doing it, but everyone still did it. So can you explain what tunneling is? Oh, uh, tunneling is uh, where you just walk through all the tunnels that uh, are in underground or un- beneath the freshman campus. And there are all these tunnels because it, 
provides the central network for the heating and cooling for some campus for some dorms. But we just walk through them um, and hopefully stay uncaught. So is this like a like a tradition or some kind of do people like know about it? Or do they find out about it? Or? You find out about it after talking to other people. I think there's like six unofficial graduation requirements and that's one of them. Oh, okay. So there was one day we just decided, me and a few friends, that we wanted to go tunneling and we invited uh, two acquaintances of mine, um, they were friends of another friend and they had gone before. So we decided they'd be our leaders, everything would be good, they would know the way. So we started on our adventure at night and they brought us through the grills to go underground and we started checking out, looking at all the warnings that said asbestos warning, please wow. stay away. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we move on, can you... What, what was it like inside the tunnels? Was it, um, was it like really metal, like uh. sounds, water? Oh yeah, there was some, it was echoey in some parts, lots of steam coming out in other places. There'd be like drawings of unicorns and all sorts of inappropriate things, <laughs> um, which I will not name, but you can imagine. I was curious about these tunnels and went hunting for more information. From the Duke Student Affairs website, I learned that students, quote, may be subject to disciplinary action, end quote, due to unauthorized access or entry to the tunnels. According to a Duke tip wiki, there are even security cameras in certain areas of the tunnels, and they're monitored by the campus police. Um, so everything was going fine, and at the end of this, one, at the end of one of the routes we took, we found this really old, nasty, um, abandoned warehouse that was leaking all sorts of fluids. What did that look like inside? Oh, uh, that was almost pitch black because there were no lights or anything, so people were trying to use their cell phones to look around, and we just decided to start climbing some of the, the ladders near the canisters, trying to figure out what the maze was like. It was a lot of fun, but it was kind of scary because <laughs> things were green and liquids were green. We weren't really sure what was going on there, but we just knew no one was using it. And we tried looking around, seeing if there was anything else to look at. It was the only point where the tunnels led to above the ground. And we saw that all the fences were locked, so we thought, okay, we might as well just go back, finish the night. Okay, so how the area is actually laid out. There's the creepy abandoned warehouse among a couple of other buildings as well as a parking area. The fence we're talking about surrounds the entire lot, buildings, parking, and all. So we walked back, but at a certain juncture we saw that the gate had been locked behind us and we didn't quite freak out, but we were wondering what we were supposed to be doing once we got back to the abandoned warehouse because there was no visible sign of escape. Um, got back, tried looking around for something that could take us over the fences, which we found out were all covered with barbed wire.
Okay, so you're back in the warehouse after discovering that your entrance was locked. Mm-hmm. So what happened from there? Uh, we started freaking out because we thought we were just going to stay here till morning and the police are going to catch us and then they're going to throw us out of Duke University and we'll just go home as failed students to our parents. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that kind of fueled our, our uh, speed in searching high and low for whatever we could find, but all the ladders that we saw at the time were chained some, to something like either a pole or a, a wall or something. But finally, we found these two ladders that were unchained in the bed of a truck. So we grabbed them, and it was perfect because we could lie one on one side of the fence and throw the other one on the other side um, so that we could have something to walk down. And all the men chival chivalrously took off their shirts so that they could lay it over the barbed wire so we could have gentle passage across the fence. <laughs> and eventually we all got across safely, albeit with scratches here and there. And um, we walked with some swagger back to campus, but we were all nervously laughing about, oh, how close it was to getting expelled or how close it was to getting a mark on our records. So you could tell we were still kind of nervous and we're counting our blessings. Okay. Wow, that's so shady. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good experience. <laughs> oh. Got that checked off my graduation list. Thanks for doing this interview. It was a pleasure. <laughs> that was a little too easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, you're listening to Convos at the Counter here on KUCI 88.9 FM Irvine. We will be right back, so stay tuned. Look at all the cars. Lots of colored cars. Ah, there's a blue one. Isn't it pretty? Ooh, look how fast that red one's going. It's red like that stop sign. Like my jacket. This is a 38-year-old man. My jacket's not a car, is it? Is my jacket a car? My jacket is red, but it doesn't go fast. He may sound a little strange to you and me. But to his two-year-old son, who's interested in cars and colors, he makes perfect sense. That's the sound cars make. When you talk with your child, you build vocabulary. And learning starts long before school does. So follow their lead. Take simple everyday moments, like eating dinner or just watching cars go by, and turn them into learning moments. Ooh, look, red car. Yes, and it's moving awfully fast. Blue car. Yes, the man in the red car is about to meet the man in the blue car. Get himself a pretty pink ticket. Turn everyday moments into learning moments. For more tips, go to bornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Sometimes Murphy's Law might not be bad luck that just happens to befall you. Sometimes it might be, well, a little bit, shall we say, 
self-induced. Our next guest has a story to tell about that. So my name is Seraph. I am a student at UCI. This is going to be my last quarter. Wow, good job. I'm very excited to leave. <laughs> um, so I work at a fast food chain restaurant. Um, what kind of fast food restaurant? Just fast food. Just fast food. Just fast food. It's a it's a restaurant. Don't want to give out any information. No. People can't find you. Yes, people can't find out where I am. So tell me, like, what what do you do at your at your fast food restaurant? So I'm the cashier, um, and being the cashier because we don't always have customers. Sometimes we have other responsibilities as well. So my job is to also take care of dining when there aren't any customers. Um, that involves stuff like wiping tables, sweeping floors, filling up the ice machine, you know, replacing utensils napkins. or napkins and straws and cup covers, etc., etc. So she goes into work, but there's something unusual about this particular day. There's someone there, someone out of place. So he was kind of a friendly looking guy. You know, he did have the, the company shirt on, but then most managers do. So I wasn't aware that he was a special, a special person. And he just looked like another manager from another store. And I had no idea because then my manager said that he was visiting. You know, my boss was just like, oh, yeah, he's just visiting. So I thought he was just a manager from another store visiting. And I had no idea that he was actually from corporate. Sometimes corporate will send people to to the store to check up on how we're doing and if we're following all the rules, um, and they're called auditors. So that day, an auditor was there, but I had no idea he was the auditor. And my manager brings him to me, and he's like, this is, I think his name was Jose or something. I forgot his name. Um, but then he was like, this is Jose. And I was like, hi. And then my manager was like, just hi? And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what else I was supposed to say to him. So another manager walks by and is like, well, what's your name? And I was like, oh, my name is Seraph. And my manager is like shaking his head at me. And <laughs> yeah, so that was the start of a really, not, not bad, but it was not a good day. So after that introduction, Seraph gets to work, customers come and go, they leave a trail of trash and crumbs behind them, as customers often do. The dining room starts to get a little bit messy, and all this time... Um, he's, in the, he's in the office, and he's checking the cameras, and he's watching how we're working. But through the cameras, you can't actually see the dining, and so I was busy doing something else, and I was like... I can let my dining slide a little bit, right? Because he was in the office and it didn't seem like he was coming out anytime soon. So I'm doing my thing and then he decides to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and then the way to the bathroom, you actually have to walk through the entire dining. And then, so he was going to see everything. So... The mess that you've been accumulating. Uh, yes. And so me and a manager grabbed 
towels with sanitizer in them just dashed into the dining and we were just trying to clean up everything as quick as possible while he was in the bathroom. In the bathroom. And then this is something he said later on after he had done the audit, but he was like, it was really interesting because when I went to the bathroom, the dining was kind of dirty. And then when I came out, everything was all clean. So it's very interesting. <laughs> It's because we were like, oh crap! <laughs> In the middle of it, just scrambling. Yeah. Regardless of this, everybody's continuing to work hard at their jobs. The auditor goes back into the office and continues to do his audit. The day moves forward. And so there's, um, in the back, all employees are required to wear slip-resistant shoes, right? And it's like, it's one of the important rules because otherwise you could slip because there's water and there's oil and there's food on the floor. Um, and so... I thought that since he was an auditor, he would know all the rules. And that happens, slip-resistant shoes happen to be one of the rules. And so I was bringing ice to the ice machine um, and the drink machine in the front. And the ice bucket has holes in it, so the ice starts to melt pretty quickly once it gets out of the, the ice machine itself. And so I was dripping water all over the place, but I was like, it's okay. Everyone has slip-resistant shoes, right? So no one's going to slip. I'll clean it all up after I finish filling up the soda machine in the front, because otherwise I would have to keep wiping every trip that I took to the soda machine. So oh, no. I'm... <laughs> setting yourself up for failure. So I'm bringing the ice and I'm bringing the ice and I'm bringing the ice and then I'm done. So there's this trail of wet water droplets all over the floor and I'm going to clean it up. And then the auditor decides to come out of the office and walk towards the outside, which was along my path of water in order to get out and talk to my boss. And he was not wearing slip resistant shoes. I don't know why, but so what happens is he walks out and ends up slipping on the water. And when he slipped on the water, he flung his hands out and then knocked over a tray of cilantro. So he ended up on the floor, cracked his head on the floor, and then had cilantro all over him and he was wet. And by this point, my boss is just really, really mad at me. And like, seriously, I thought, I thought if the auditor had gotten mad, I would have been fired, like on the spot, because it was so bad. Shockingly, the auditor is very forgiving and good-natured about this. Again, everybody goes back to their business. Well, that is... <laughs> so we have a walk-in where we put stuff... Well, obviously a walk-in is a giant refrigerator. And usually when I go into the walk-in, the door's pretty heavy, so I just lean on it really hard uh, when I open it. And from the outside, it opens outward, and from the inside, 
like you have to push it open, whereas you have to pull it open to enter. And usually, no one is silly enough to stand in front of the walk-in because the people inside can't see what's outside of the door. And so, when they open it, you could get hit. The auditor wasn't from our store, and so he was talking to my boss right outside of the walk-in door. And I had no idea, so I just flung it open when I was inside, and then it just cracks into him. And there's a, like this crack of you could you could hear like metal meeting flesh, and it flings him into the shelves on the other side of the walk-in. And by this point, I was in big big trouble because my boss <laughs> my boss is just so mad because it was like first I didn't say hi to him, and then. The bathroom thing happened where he saw the dirty dining, and then, and then the whole thing with him slipping, <laughs> and the cilantro, and then now the I I hit him with the walk-in door, like this really heavy giant metal door. He flung him to the other side. And I and I flung him to the other side, and he hit a bunch of metal shelves. Did anything fall off? No. Okay. These are really big shelves, and it was like really okay. big boxes on the shelves, so. Whew. How did that How did that day turn out? How was the audit overall? Um, so the store was the store passed, so it was okay. But my boss was really, really mad at me. He was actually mad at me for maybe like three or four days that I was there, and he wouldn't really talk to me like the first day afterwards because <laughs> he was like, it could have gone so badly. Because yeah. he was doing all he could to make make the auditor feel really comfortable and then I went in and just screwed everything up.